now, say now, you're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios in the city of Portland, Oregon. Spencer Shea, how you doing today? I'm feeling good, bro. It's a beautiful day in Portland, nice and shiny. It's Bright shiny, but shiny. it's cold as it's shit, It's cold, though. though. That's right. The February fake-out happened. That's what <laughs> happened, bro. The February fake-out. It straight up snowed a little bit last night. Yeah, it did. Like three, it really four, did. Five in the it really like did. And uh, I woke up to it this morning for dude, sure. I, I felt a little, a little, a little depleted by that. Straight up, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, man, I'm ready for the sunshine. Low key, yeah. ready for the sunshine. And then the sun came out. It's nice. It's nice, but it's cold. It's cold. It's cold. You could tell it. You could still tell it snowed last night. Yeah, no doubt. Early morning. No doubt. Um, quick announcements again. This is my last weekend of games, y'all. So y'all ain't gotta hear me talk about no games for. At, I guess maybe until September. And again, unless another opportunity presents itself, I can make no promises to whether that does or doesn't happen. But, you know, football, college football starts for me in September. And then I'm rolling all the way through basically up until March. Usually it's like either the last weekend of February or the first weekend of March because I only do the home games. So, you know, March Madness, everything kind of go na- goes national at that point. So, um, again... I'm broadcasting tonight, Portland State versus Weber State. The game will be have it'll be over with by the time you listen to this podcast. And then I got one more last hoorah against Idaho State Saturday at Portland State. And uh that'll be it, man. February 26th, senior night. Come out, Viking Pavilion, show your face. It'll be a good time. It usually is a good time at the Viking Pavilion. Well, I mean, I know you're saying that it's gonna be the end of your season, but it's a good night. Of basketball as we're recording Thursday night. Yes, it is. You got Portland State versus Weber State. Weber State is pretty good, too, actually. But yeah. they started off really good. They lost four of their last five, but they started off 8-0 in conference wow. play. So, like, they started off killing it, certainly hitting a rough patch right now, which obviously from a timing standpoint, not necessarily what you want to do is hit a rough <laughs> patch, but they're hitting it. Um, Portland State is on the incline as far as their play is concerned. So should be a good one tonight. Pacific Saturday will be a good play. one. Pacific women, they lost last they week. They lost last week. They lost last week in well, a we very good game. Was, but we kind of knew that was going to happen. And, and they did exactly play-wise what you expected them to do, to be like, all right, let's see, let's see the grit. And just it was there. Down, no, they down. actually were in control majority of that game. They just kind of collapsed in the end. And and Puget Sound, they're they're just a quality team, and go. they're a team that just never goes away. Yeah, like even when you go on a big run, like Pacific started the game off like eighteen to four. Like they got off to a fast start, and they were in control, had to lead for majority of the game. That's but what... when they did start to break down a little bit, Puget Sound just kept coming and kept coming. And the game ultimately came down to, like, free throws at the mm. end. Puget Sound won by five. So they have home court tonight against Pacific women. But shout out to Cami Aguinaldo winning MVP player of the year uh, for the Northwest Conference. We talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah. I knew it was going to be between her or the uh, the, the uh, girl McCracken. Kaylee McCracken, McCracken. for Whitman, she's who's a, a stun. Oh, my God. She's, she's, she's so good. She's a beast. No <laughs> doubt about it. But and, and, and because Whitman was undefeated, I just kind of figured that, okay, maybe Whitman gets the MVP because they were undefeated. But 
Cammy nah, was just Cammy's way too, too good, bro. Yeah. Leading scorer in the league. Yeah. Her team was still really good and and had a lot of success this year in conference play. I mean, what a, they went 12 and 4 in conference play. That's a solid record in conference play. And again, they're one of the final four teams that were able to make it to the conference tournament. So they're playing and it against Puget Sound tonight. Yeah, baby. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm indifferent about it. Like, obviously, I'm glad to be able to go to the Portland State game tonight. But had they won that game, Pacific would be fucking rocking tonight. Like, it would be lit at Pacific tonight. Yo, but. They're not at home. They're on the road. So I'll be cheering them on. I'll follow, I'll follow what's going on while I'm calling the game at Portland State. <laughs> and I didn't have a schedule conflict because now they're on the road, obviously. So I only do the home games for both. So I can go to Portland State tonight and I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Professional and, game and, and let me be clear. Professional game spitter, And bro. let me cl- be clear. I do usually like, I mean, it just kind of depends. But for the most part, I usually prioritize Portland State over Pacific. But because it was a postseason game, I had talked to Portland State and let them know, you know, I wanted to be there at Pacific for that. And they were game. So it wouldn't have been an issue by any means. Right. But it ended up not being an issue at all because like, they're on the road. Guys, I just want to see better basketball tonight. Sorry. I, I, mean, I, 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 I don't I, know I, if better, listen, it, it would have been a better environment, I'm I think. Playing. Oh, yeah. No, well, just more, uh, uh, you know, implicit basketball. It means something a little bit more, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the environment would have been greater in that regard just from, like, like you obviously can't compare environments. Like the Viking Pavilion is the shit from that standpoint. But like, yeah, it would have been a wall to wall packed. It would have been Yo. probably close to a sold out crowd. Like it would have been rocking at the Stoller Center tonight. Center tonight. And listen, there's still a slither of a chance that Saturday could be a conflict. But the two underdogs would have to win tonight because Whitman still has to play against George Fox tonight. So while Pacific's playing against Puget Sound, Whitman plays against George Fox at home. Now, Whitman is the number one seed. Again, they went undefeated in conference play. George Fox is the number four seed. But if George Fox figures out a way to upset Whitman on the road tonight and Pacific figures out a way to beat Puget Sound on the road tonight, the higher seed team is who gets home court. So George Fox would be four and Pacific at three. Pacific would have home court this Saturday. So there's still an outside chance that, you know, we won't get, I mean, that that we could get a home game for the Northwest Conference Championship game. But I got a feeling it's going to be, if I had to make a prediction, I think Pacific tops Puget Sound tonight on the road. And I think Whitman beats George Fox and Pacific is going to have to travel from Tacoma to Walla Walla, Washington to play against Whitman in the Northwest Conference title game on Saturday. That would be my prediction. I mean, let's hope. You got a road dog, that type of scenario, just bang two out on the road for all the marbles. Hey, you that's, got hey, one at a time, baby, when it comes to the that. postseason. I get that. It's one at a time. You got to take care of Puget Sound tonight. If they can take care of Puget Sound tonight, they're good enough to – I mean, they played against Whitman and competed with them. Like, they weren't blowout games when they played against Whitman. Like, they were close games. I mean, you called the home Whitman game with me. Right. Like, it was a good game. Great game. It was a great game. Whitman is just, it's just the number six just, team in the country for a reason. Exactly. Pacific just doesn't have the depth of personnel that has the resolve that, say, a Whitman does. Just late games – when it's real nervous, when you got to be, be stone cold, man. You got to be stone Pacific, cold. Pacific is on their way. Pacific women's, they have 
They're primed, man. They just, yeah. Like I said, one game at a time. One game at a time. Done. I kind of look. One game at a time. I want to listen and see what kind of the, what the broadcast is talking just about. Just watch it. Yeah. Go to, go to, you can do. still go to GoBoxers.com or go to Puget Sound's yeah. website, and, and they'll have the link there for you to be able to watch it. I'm sure the Northwest Conference probably posted something as well on their, like, Instagram and Twitter feeds to, you know, be able to post the links for people to be able to watch that are, you know, Northwest Conference fans. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's a good weekend of basketball. I'm I'm a little bit bittersweet, though, man, because it's like, this is my last weekend of broadcasting, and I'm basically done until September unless something else comes about. It's bittersweet. Yeah, I mean, and you obviously you want to watch basketball and do the broadcasting. The good thing is that you do have this podcast. <laughs> I have this podcast, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, sure. and that you can continue to get your reps and just with a microphone in your face. I, man. I have this podcast, it's a luxury, bro. I'm I'm getting ready to pick it back up with the Street Roots podcast as well. Nice. So. That's gonna be a thing. I'll probably get. I'm, I'm probably gonna get into some more writing with Street Roots as well soon, y'all. Be on the lookout for that. And the reason why I'm saying that on this podcast right now is because I want y'all to hold me accountable to that. Because I know I can get it done, but I'm a busy guy. I got a lot going on, and you know I just haven't in that regard. But I will finally be to a place pretty soon where I can be. Um, not to say I couldn't have, but again, it's been a lot going on, especially in season. It's, I'm doing like four or five games a week, bro. On top of the day job, on top of having littles, on top of, uh, on top of, you know, doing this podcast, just on top of everything. I don't understand it. it, It's crazy. I mean, I thought I worked a lot when I first oh, I worked hard, bro. I work hard. I grind. I, I hustle. Like this dude. I get after it. You know what I'm time. saying? So, you know, but again, that's part of what I do like about it is like I do like the fact that it is seasonal because we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Like, I'm not just on here talking about sports, politics, and culture and not living it, if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I talk about these intersections because I'm interested in all of them, but at the same time, I'm active. I'm pretty active in all of them. Obviously, the sports stuff, y'all already know what time it is from a sports standpoint. Politically, the work that I'm doing at Street Roots, like, I'm I'm deep. I do that as a full-time job by day. And then culturally, you know, I'm always in tune with the culture. I DJ, so it's like I'm always, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm active in those three particular spaces and categories, if you will, that I'm not just coming on here talking just to talk. Like, I'm able to connect maybe some of these larger stories, some mainstream, some local, to something that I'm actually doing rather than just kind of well, I mean, kicking the you-know-what about it. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about it the other week, I think, um, maybe two weeks ago. But, uh, you know, just about making anything valuable, that you can make anything mean whatever you want it to mean. And, I mean... The doing the podcast and calling the games, and I mean even engaging in the type of media space on Twitter, yeah, or, or volunteering for some sort of political, you know, uh, outlet that you agree with. You know what I'm saying? Like it really is the accessibility to do that stuff. It is there. It's there. You can get out there and just do it. It's there, man. And that's why, as long like, as you're outside with it. Yeah, that's why, can, like, last week. That's like that's why, like, last week when we talked about. Michelle Tafoya, and I was saying, like, for some people, yes, it is an awkward transition when you dial into one. Like, there's, there's, 
there's perks to like fully committing to one particular thing and getting really, really good at it, having a lot of success at it because you put in the hours at it. And then that allowing that to leverage up other opportunities. But even when those other opportunities are leveraged because of the mad success that you've had on whatever it is that you keyed in on, like those opportunities are different things to navigate through. And there's ways to do it. And you can actively be doing that work and navigating through that stuff while still being committed to whatever your craft is or whatever your priority is, you just have to be willing to dedicate and sacrifice the time to actually do that, to make that transition a little bit more seamless. Because if you don't, it could end up being messy. (laughs) And we've seen it be messy for a lot of people. And I'm not even just speaking from a journalist standpoint. I was just using Michelle Tafoya as an example, obviously, because we talked a lot about that last week, but it's like, Making a transition from one interest to another, while you're committed to one interest, you can still be like planting seeds in regards to whatever your other interests are. Because if that's ultimately what you want to do and what you want to pursue, you're going to make time for it. <laughs> like that's that's just what it's come down to for me. Those three things are what I'm interested in, and I make time for them. Right. And because I make time for them, I'm able to navigate through all of them at the same time. And that's. Not- not easy. It's still tough. It's still but tough, but it's, it's doable. But it's the model. <laughs> like, like yeah, it is. You have to have. It's legitimately the model. At least it's the model I use. If you, if for what it's worth, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, it's my model, and it's what works for me. So it's like, again, when we get into all of this intersectional work, it's like I do work in the spaces that I intersect. So with that, I can bring it all together in ways that I see fit. And well, that's I mean, just what I do and well, how I, mean, I operate. Especially as like a, you know, from like a journalistic standpoint or just a storytelling standpoint, like you need that authenticity, you know, if you don't have that, then you're, no one's going to give a, I, I mean, at least for me, as if I was a consumer, I wouldn't listen to the podcast. If you were just talking about, you know, political goings ons in the city that you don't have any connection to at all. Why would you, why would anybody do that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's it's just it's to me it's just like uh you know with the uh with the NBA you know in terms of sports journalism like you see more and more like to guys who are basketball you know ex players or whatever are also really good in the media side and you're like well shoot if you give me the opportunity to choose between this guy who's done it and this guy who hasn't to tell the story I'm going to choose the guy that's did it every time and it's doing and it's active in the craft. Well, we're getting ready to call a guy who's a sports journalist right now who isn't I guess active in the craft but a damn good journalist. He's active in the in the storytelling a, a, craft. Absolutely, he's active in the storytelling craft. A damn good journalist. He's a Los Angeles Times beat reporter for the Los Angeles Clippers and he goes by the name of Andrew Greif. I'm going to give him a phone call here and uh see if he picks up. Hey, man, how's it going? Man, it's good. We're live, Grife. We're live. I know you're a busy man. I know you got a lot going on. Basketball is back. (laughs) All-star break is over. So we're going to cut right to the chase now that you're here, man. So glad to have you, brother. Of course. No, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's so good to be with you. All right, just just to be clear, how long I got you for? How about... uh... Is 20 minutes okay? 20 minutes is great. I love it. 20 minutes works just fine. All right, Grife. So first off, thanks for joining once again. Hope all has been well. 
And uh, I, I got to ask you, first of all, was All-Star breaking a break for you as well as a journalist or it don't quite work that way as a beat reporter for the Clippers? Um, it, it does sort of work that way where, you know, it's like there, there I definitely got like a couple days where I've just sort of like just, be, just purely been into family. So, yeah, it, it was a break. And that's unusual because usually there aren't like two days in a row during the season where you can really like sort of log off. Um, right. You know, having the trade deadline come February 10th certainly helped that. You know, like there is still buyout market stuff to, to monitor and, and sort of there are roster construction things to think about. But uh, with once the trade deadline passes, like obviously a, a significant kind of weight uh, lifts off not only reporters' shoulders, but also front office's shoulders, too. Right, so, right. Um, so, yeah, it was it was actually nice to feel like, you know, I played some pickleball. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we didn't really get away uh, necessarily, but it was just great to be home. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, like I said, now I'm sure you're back at it. I mean, things are obviously going to turn back up. You, the Clippers don't play till I guess, tonight, if we're on the Terminator timeline, because this episode, we're recording on a Thursday night, Thursday evening, but we'll release it on Friday. Um, but but I'm curious, Greif, when it comes to the All-Star Weekend in particular, what were some of the things you liked about it? I, I know we all kind of like the All-Star game. And what are some of the things that we can improve? Because uh, I heard Saturday didn't go so great. I was busy broadcasting, so I didn't watch it anyway. But uh, I'm sure you got to catch a whiff of it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. The thing that obviously catches the most flack is the dunk contest for, you know, for not being exciting enough or people just missing dunks. Um, I do think we sort of get spoiled with the dunks, like, what what is normal now would have been outrageous, you know, 15 years ago, right? Uh, like when we were kids. So there, I think there's some of that. Obviously, the big thing that you can't control is players are going to miss a bunch of dunks. Like there's nothing the league can do to like mandate, you know, made dunks. So it's sort of um, as you kind of keep pushing the envelope, like you're going to get some misses. So there's nothing the league could do there, like structurally, to change that. Um, I, and so outside of that, like what what the league could do differently. I don't know because I really liked um, the way they the three point contest had like you know these they had some three point balls in there they had it wasn't just like the racks all in the same spot you had to kind of move around right I like that I what I thought was actually really cool was that they introduced um, some of the G League Ignite which is the developmental league um, team of a mix of like guys who play the NBA who are vets like you know late twenties early thirties. Um, who are still hoping to get some some foothold in the league mixed with these like teenagers who aren't draft eligible yet and are spending their draft you know their year before or some in one guy's case two years uh, before their draft eligible training you know with NBA coaching etc. Um, and so they integrated those guys into the All Star Weekend in a couple different ways. One of which was being part of the Rising Stars Challenge, which I thought was a really cool like honestly like an incentive thing. Like you know there's a lot of these leagues now, which are trying to get these young elite high school players to go through their pipeline to get to the yeah. NBA. I'm thinking about like overtime elite, some other places. And like, if you're the NBA, you can sort of dangle like, Hey, we'll make you part of all-star weekend. Um, that's a pretty cool thing. So I thought that was fairly smart, like forward looking. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know that there's any way to like necessarily legislate uh, a better all-star weekend. Cause I just think that you got to have a dunk contest. You got to have a three point. You got to have some skills and some young guys. So um, I, 
I think it's it, w- it went pretty well. I also think though it's unusual because of the 75 year anniversary. Like just all the the people, the literally living legends walking around Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I was not there, but people who were, you know, it seemed like it was a pretty special thing to have all these guys in attendance. So that's probably leaving people feeling like it's a pretty unique All Star Weekend in and of itself. For sure. I, I want to ask you about the 75 here shortly and just some of your general thoughts on it and just your general thoughts on like list at large, because they obviously always spark debate. They spark conversation. But I do want to talk about some of the comments Adam Silver made in regards to what it is that you do in particular as a beat reporter for the Los Angeles Clippers, as somebody that is a seasoned journalist, has been in the game for a while um, you know, the media is around heavy. You're getting a lot of quotes. Everybody's talking on All-Star Weekend. It's kind of a cool thing in that regard. But Adam Silver made comments that is, you know, catching a little bit of flack from some, and some people might actually like what it was that he had to say. But in particular, it was about journalists and media having locker room access. Now, I know, obviously, a lot of that change started because of the pandemic and COVID, and you're somebody who has still had to do the job of covering a team as a beat reporter for a very prominent publication, but now you don't have the locker room access that you might have once had. Um, How does that affect and impact you in particular? And then more so on a macro level, how do you think that affects people that do your job and journalists and media at large to see that access is sort of being taken away from journalists to be able to chronicle and tell stories to the best of their ability. Yeah. I mean, I think that it obviously was, um, this is something that people have been thinking about a lot, sort of like in sort of like journalist to journalist conversations since the pandemic started, you know, is this sort of like the pretext to taking away some, some access. Um, and so, I, I was a little surprised to hear Silver talk about it sort of out loud. Um, so I know that there have been discussions behind the scenes about, you know, what what this might look like. And um, so I was a little surprised by that. But uh, I guess for me, I just feel like it's important that, that players and, and readers, frankly, even know that, like, you know, I think that the reason why it's important to get access in sort of like these informal settings, like maybe it's a locker, maybe it's a shoot around, um, whatever it is, like, because I think that people who are doing the job in the way that I respect the most, the stories I like to read the most, I'll put it that way, are usually like stories that sort of humanize the players. Because um, there's so much front office talk in the NBA with coverage of front offices and roster moves and sort of like you're moving players around like pieces on a chessboard. Yeah. And I think sometimes it, it can sort of get lost. These guys are are, are humans too um, and sort of – their stories and how they got there and what they're working through. There's a, there's a lot of stuff there that I think uh, humanizes players to a degree that gets lost. If you maybe don't, if you don't get to be around them and don't get to ask those questions and kind of have like open ended conversations with them. And so that's what, you know, locker room access was always most valuable to me um, about was a chance to get to know guys and to sort of know about them. And then maybe something comes out of that a relationship or um, a little, you know, little offhand story you kind of come back to later and say, Hey, you've mentioned this. Um, you know, can we talk more about that? And I I feel like that's usually the kind of build up to where like an actually pretty good story is like a pretty, you know, story that again, just makes people look at a player in a different light. If everything, you know, maybe goes that way. So that's where I'm I'm, obviously, I want those sort of, that sort of access to be able to tell those stories. And I, and also like, 
you know, just access to, I think broadens the playing field of who gets to have that access. You know, I, you know, zoom is, is great for international media. And, um, so I don't know that zoom is going away anytime soon, but, um, you know, I, I, I do want to make sure that people who, who are kind of up and coming in this industry too have ability to tell stories. And so I think if, if access is sort of shaved away over time, um, you know, I want to, I, I guess I don't want to reduce opportunities for people to kind of break into this industry and, and tell stories that I'm not telling now, for example. So, right. Um, there's some, yeah, I obviously want, whether it's locker room or, um, just other good access areas where we can just sort of like get to know guys, um, in, in a way that's really authentic. I want that because I think that that helps readers and I think it helps players. Um, I mean, honestly, I think, I think it's, I think that's a value and, and I know players, that's their kind of sacred space. Um, but you know, we, we need those spaces too, to be able to, um, connect with guys and help them in turn connect with their fans. I, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this because we're obviously seeing a lot of like player ran media as well. I mean, you know, obviously you could turn to any of these sports channels and the analysts are now former players. Um, if you, you know, if you look at even whether it be, you know, national or local media, whatever you see on TV is usually that. And then you also have the area where as a journalist in particular, you got people like a Draymond or you have a CJ McCollum who's doing his own podcast and you have all of these players that are fighting for sort of the power to be able to tell their own stories. And some of them may think there might be a contrast from other people telling their stories because nobody can tell the stories better than themselves. Do you think that has anything to do with why Adam Silver might be kind of shaving some access a little bit to journalists that, you know, obviously might not be in the league, may have some connection to the league, have obviously covered and wrote about the league for a long time. But we're seeing active players now have their own media outlets. KD owns his own media entity. LeBron owns his own media entity. Do you think any of that has an effect on why some of these decisions are being made? I, I don't know. Um, and I, 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 you know, I sort of would love to know sort of obviously, kind of, uh, kind of where silver what, what kind of where he's, um, was kind of forming his views on, on access rules. And, and right. he also tried, kind of tried to walk it back a little bit later saying, Hey, nothing's changed with our, you know, our, our current rules. So I think he tried to walk it back. He, I think he knew he got some flack. Um, and this is obviously this can be an ongoing conversation with people on the media side and the NBA for sure. Um, but, um, you know, I think th- I, I don't know if like the player, you know, kind of run media side has changed anything. But um, I, you know, as much as I want to like land every, you know, obviously like every exclusive and every scoop and which is impossible to do. But I, I do enjoy like uh, like when guy when current players such as like a Draymond, for example, like he he had just had Damian Lillard on his podcast. Right. And like, I think that's really interesting because there are nuances like there are questions Draymond knows to ask or is interested in that, like, I don't know. Cause I, you know, I, I'm not, uh, on the floor. And so right. I don't see the game in that fine of detail. So I don't personally like begrudge that sort of media. Um, I obviously wouldn't want to like have it cut off our own access, but yeah, for um, sure. I think a lot of what those guys do is actually really interesting. Cause it, it honestly informs my knowledge right. of the game. Cause you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't think I didn't put, I see all those two data points. I never connected them. Until I heard two two guys talk about it that way. 
Absolutely. It just feels to me like there's room for both. And I don't want it to be a situation where there isn't room for both, per se, um, because I think it all helps, as you mentioned, the fans, the readers, um, the consumers, the, 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 the season ticket holders, whatever the case may be. Like, the more information you have, the easier it is to connect to the product that is the NBA. Yeah, of course. No, I totally agree. Um, I want to talk about this NBA 75 right quick before we get you out of here. Um, And I want to talk about it from the lens of the Clippers and that of Kawhi Leonard. So I saw the ESPN list um, for whatever that's worth. (laughs) And Kawhi Leonard was ranked number 33 on that particular list. And for you, as somebody who covers the Clippers and somebody who obviously covers Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi is one of the players where I do think somebody like an Andrew Greif writing for the LA Times having access to this particular player is very important because we don't often hear much from Kawhi. Kawhi obviously isn't quite the personality that many of these guys that made the 75 is, but as a player in particular, like he is more than deserving to be on that list. Um, What does it mean for the Clippers organization from your lens and where you sit and Clipper fans to be able to connect with somebody like Kawhi Leonard, who, again, we don't hear much from, but obviously has been just phenomenal in what he's been able to do in his career to be able to make that 75 list. Because even from here in Portland, like it meant a lot for Blazer fans to be able to see Dane make that 75 list. And I feel like there could be the same kind of um, feeling for the L.A. fans with Kawhi, but I just don't quite know because, one, I don't hear enough from Kawhi to know. Yeah, I think when he made the list, I think we actually, you know, went through the the the, the public relations channels of the team and sort of said, like, hey, you know, this is uh, – Kawhi want to you know, talk about this with, with a group of reporters, you know, this honor. And I, I'm pretty sure the answer came back, you know, I know I think we're good. So I, I'm sure it means quite a – I think it means quite a bit to him um, – but, you know, I guess, I guess I haven't heard that out of his mouth. But I think that, yes, I think your point is very well taken because for the, you know, the Clippers just don't really have a connection uh, throughout their history to much NBA history because right. it's never been good. Yeah. And so it's like when you, whenever you have a conversation about the great, the great teams or the great coaches or the great players, um, you know, the Clippers are sort of just for the first 40 years of their franchise are sort of not ever going to be part of that conversation. Right. Um, you know, it's like, and if it is, it's Bob McAdoo when they're the Buffalo Braves, um, you know, like a whole different what time of their history. So it's a, it's having a Kawhi Leonard, having a Jerry West, you know, a consultant with the Clippers uh, for the last, I believe now five years. I mean, th- that gives them this sort of stamp. Um, I don't want to say of, of credibility um, because Balmer had sort of, he'd, he'd, he'd come in, you know, obviously pre Jerry and pre Kawhi and sort of made sure that they were seen as a competent team uh, organization. But yeah, it's, it, that's what it essentially is, is those having those two guys be on that team and have a connection to Clippers allows um, the organization to sort of feel kind of a membership of sorts in a place where they never had, um, they never had a way to get into before a conversation. Um, so it does feel like it's, even if, for the most part, um, those those two guys in particular, like obviously their contributions to the game that got them on those lists did not happen in a Clippers uniform. Yeah. Um, just being able to, you know, to, to, you know, maybe see some of their last years in the league 
potentially um, both of them be with the Clippers, I think it means a great deal to the team. Absolutely. It's a representation thing almost. It's just being able to have them representing the Clippers organization I think is big because, again, the Clippers haven't represented much good over the course of NBA history. I got one last question for you before you get out of here again. I know you got to go, but tonight starts the second half of the season. Obviously, we're about a month and some change away from the postseason um, what is your vibe? You know, obviously Kawhi is out. We don't know when he's coming back or if he'll come back at all this season. I think there's still a chance for Paul George to return. What are your thoughts about kind of what this team's trajectory might be as we head into the latter part of the season based on where things currently stand right now as well? Yeah, I mean, they're 30 and 31. They're eighth. Um, so they seem like they're pretty much bound to the plan just because of the games they'd have to make up to get out of the plan or to drop out. It, it seems like it's a pretty big number for both ways. So right. I think they're bound to the play in, but um, they've been, you know, they they've been way more uh, competitive. And I think people would have assumed if you'd showed them the rosters they're playing with, you know, without Paul George only played in, I think 26 games of the 61 this year. Um, you know, Norm Powell played three games and he, and he broke a bone in his foot. I mean, obviously Kawhi Leonard's out the whole year. COVID ravaged the team. So, they, the fact that they've been able to do what they've done, they're, they're, um, you know, they're four and one since Powell got hurt. Uh, since the trade deadline, they had the seventh best net rating. And again, that's a, a bunch of guys in and out of the lineup and no PG. So I don't, you know, I think the West is still pretty difficult, but I wouldn't sort of write off the possibility of the Clippers, um, you know, getting out of the first round, because I think that, what we've seen is that Ty Lue is someone who's <laughs> who's going to find some sort of lineup yeah. that makes sense, or, or you know he's he's so well regarded as as an adjustment as a counter puncher um, that I sort of wouldn't bet against him. And uh, I, this team sort of has this resilience that has carried over from last year's postseason when they were down 0-2 to both Dallas and Utah and came back and won both series. That I think it should probably give some opponent a little bit of pause. Um, Obviously, if you're going to go into a postseason and you're like the seventh seed or the eighth seed, you're going to face a really good team. Right. And that's going to be really hard. But, you know, last week we saw them beat Golden State without Draymond, of course. And then they hang um, they, they hung around for a long time with Phoenix um, in Phoenix. And it just sort of made me wonder, like, I guess I don't think anyone's believing that this year is like the, the championship year that 2022, 2023 is that's what the Clippers envision, right? They were going to be full strength. Right. That's really the year for them to get back at it full strength. Um, I don't think that's a reason to write them off as being a potential pest in the postseason mm. this year. Cause yeah, I, I just think that they could cause, even if it's just one team in the first round um, or maybe two, I think they could cause some people, at least some headaches. Yeah. They sort of have this punching above their weight uh, mindset about them. For sure. And you got to play the game still to see what's going to happen. And again, I think, they do have some experience that we don't speak of enough in this star-driven league, and their stars have been out, essentially, um, due to injury. And so, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you again for coming on, Grife. I, we'll get you back on pretty soon for a little bit longer of a time. You know, I always love talking and chatting it up with my guy. Yeah, of course. I want to do something. As we get close to the playoffs, we talk about the matchups, like Clippers. Yes, yeah, sir. Love to. We definitely will. I'll be following up. Appreciate you for, for sneaking some time in to join us here, man. Of course, man. Thanks, Pounce. All righty, brother. Well, there you go. A little update from the for the Clippers. Gotta That's not have bad. It. Gotta That's have not bad. It. I love that dude because he's so right, bro. Like that 
the history that the, the Clippers have most noticeably to NBA, especially modern NBA, is the Donald Sterling thing. And that's not something that you want to be known for. Yeah. The team. yeah. I lose and my owner used to suck. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. For so, sure. That sucks. Now, nah, Grife's always cool to have, man. My guy, you know, he, he was formerly out here. For those of you that don't know, he worked at the Oregonian, covered the Ducks, covered the Blazers, all the things. And so I used to work with him. Used to have him on the Justin and Defon show a lot. And so that was always a good time. Speaking of Justin, congratulations to Justin, man. Just got married. I got to hang out with him for a little bit over the weekend. Nice. For that. And uh and I got to kick it with, with Troy Palomalu because of it. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> well, damn. remember we had Justin on some months ago back. Right. Uh, when he talked he about his trip the, to Canton, yeah, he went to yeah, the Hall yeah he went to the Hall of Fame induction right. out in Canton, Ohio. You know, that was Troy a good Palomalu. episode. Go check that episode. A- absolutely, that you know, Troy's one. his best friend, so it was cool to be able to chat it up with him about that. But uh, yeah, so here's the thing: I'm getting ready to go call a game here tonight, and right. I know the last few weeks I've come on. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna save my voice because I gotta do a whatever. <laughs> I gotta go call the game tonight. You gotta do that. So this episode is about to wrap up. But right. again, this is my last weekend Look of games. It. You so said, I'll have all the time in the world for you all for bro, you a long said, time because the games are over. It, it's all <laughs> wax, dog. It's all wax. You said all wax on this week's Patreon episode. You said, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Devon. It's telling you to at him at Twitter. At Please do. Pounce underscore station at him. You can follow me. Just look for Spliff Van Gundy. You can follow me, <laughs> but don't don't at me, okay? Don't Go at me. Go ahead and at me, man. They're doing it anyway. So I mean, why not? But no, for real, man. It's like it's like this is the busiest time of the year for me. And I put my all into this podcast. Like I, I'm here weekly. I do my thing. I'm not it's not that like like I don't work hard at this podcast. That's not what I'm saying. But I know that from November to March, I'm doing four or five games a week, and that's the busiest time of the year for me. So it is a little bit harder for me to put more into the the podcast in particular. So I'm excited to be able to, like, reroute a little bit and be able to, like I said, we've been keeping the content coming. We've been keeping it rolling. So it's not it's not a bad thing, but it's just – Hey, time is of the essence, and I don't have a lot of time because I'm calling again. I'm calling Pacific men's and women's games. I'm calling Portland State's men's basketball games. Like, it's hectic during college basketball game season spitter, for me, bro. and I wouldn't have it any other way no, is ultimately no. what I'm getting at. And we're still going to be here doing the podcast. I'm going to be rocking with you. The podcast is therapy, man. It's so therapy, it's man. It's one. It's so fun. Yeah. and, and the Kicking it with Zeb. Kicking it with Zeb. In the studio, Zeb, Momentum Studios. Zeb over there looking frustrated because football season is over with. <laughs> Zeb, Zeb like, damn, these motherfuckers ain't going to talk about football Zeb's no like, more. Zeb's like, damn, I guess I, <laughs> Zeb's like, damn, I guess I got to start watching Bel Air. <laughs> Kanye West documentary. <laughs> hey, I'm already four episodes in on Bel Air. Hey, I love it. I love it's a it's a hard show, isn't it? I love it, man. It's great. Nice. Super dope show, it's man. Tight. Super dope show. On that note, we're gonna leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win. <laughs>